This is a podcast from Minute Media. It's the Knicks, Jets, etc. podcast with Alex Trateris, John Malika, and Ricey on the beat. Let's go. What's good, everyone? Alex Terrace here with another Knicks episode of the Knicks, Jets, etc. podcast. This is an emergency episode. And not with me today is my buddy, my coach, my pal, the man of the plan, the one and only John Maliga. He is out and about traveling the world because that is what John does. This man is like Carmen Sandiego. You'll have no idea where in the world this man will be. And communications will be difficult. So when he's back, that's how I know he'll be back in. Uh, <laughs> that's how I know where he is. But. Safe travels to John. Hope he enjoys his time over in Kenya uh, and Egypt, because I think he did mention that he's going to make a quick stop there. So safe travels to you, my man. We'll miss you dearly. But don't worry. We got video producer Greg with me today. So he'll chime in on some of the news that we got going on. As I said, this is breaking. No, it's not breaking news now, but it was breaking news last night. Uh, as we were recording the Jets podcast, Derek Rose will be out for the next eight weeks and will be reevaluated after having successful ankle surgery. Really was not prepared for this. Really was taken aback when I got this news because we knew he got injured during the Houston game, and that's where McBride had to play a majority of the minutes. But they said it was a tweak, and now it goes from a tweak to needing special special surgery. That's... uh Coming out, coming out of left field, absolutely. So shocked by it. But what does this all mean now that he's out for eight weeks? Does that mean the the next season is down the tube? Does it mean that Kemba Walker will be traded? Does it mean Deuce McBride will uh, get minutes? I'm about to get into all that right now. So let's start off with number one. What does it mean for the team overall? I do think without Derrick Rose, uh, this team takes a massive step back. This man was the most consistent player, someone that you can rely on on a night-to-night basis based on his style of play. Uh, truly was the catalyst when it comes to playmaking, efficient scoring. And without him, it will be tough for the New York Knicks to stay in games, especially with that second unit. He was the leader of that second unit. He was closing in crunch time. Without that, it's it's going to be tough because you need someone who can help organize that offense and really keep things together when things are starting to break down. Because as we've seen, Julius Randle, uh, isn't that guy who can necessarily close and we don't have anyone else outside of that. RJ Barrett, RJ Barrett is like Julius Randle where he's good, uh, between the tens, twenties type of guy where he'll get you the yards. He'll get you the points. He'll get you the rebounds, everything that you need. Are these guys that are reliable to close down the stretch? Absolutely not. So, uh, this is funny right here. Yep. Here comes the cat and the cat wants to make their appearance. Cat always wants to make their appearance when there's breaking news, but we can't have that today. So back to what I was on topic. Yes. So Julius Randle and RJ Barrett are not the guys that are going to close down the stretch for you, but they can, they they will get you between, like I said, the tens, twenties, they'll get you the points, rebounds and everything that that's necessary. So it will be difficult uh, for the Knicks to close games. They're going to have to figure out what they're going to do. They're going to have to figure out their identity first and foremost. uh, Because this isn't a defensive team that it was last season and we're not an offensive juggernaut either. So, It'll be, tif- it'll be difficult for this team moving forward. But the good thing is that we've seen Kemba Walker uh, have a resurgence. So with him, the offense has looked 
better, especially when it comes to a playmaking standpoint. You think about Kemba, what he's done the last two games when it when it's against the uh, Boston Celtics and now the Detroit Pistons. You're seeing him get into the teeth of the defense. You're seeing him looking for guys out in the perimeter. You're seeing him trying to put up layups, attack the rim with his crafty finishing that he's known for in the past. And with that, it has helped the Knicks offense look a little bit more fluid. They're not necessarily knocking down shots, especially during the Detroit Pistons game. They weren't necessarily knocking down shots as they should have been, but it does add a dimension to this team where it was struggling by allowing Julius Randle to be that playmaker. He's not that guy. Julius Randle's not that guy. We shouldn't see the ball in his hand that often because it either leads to a telegraph turnover, as we've seen for <laughs> in, in years past and even this season, and also, it, he, he could be a black hole and just stop the movement of the offense and everyone's just standing around the perimeter and not cutting, not sending backdoor screens, getting easy looks for guys. So having a Kemba's hands, and even Fournier to a certain degree, looked a lot better, a lot smoother. So hopefully they can keep doing that in the future. Now, because of that, because Kemba's shown that he's still valuable, uh, before his injury, you know, John and I were on here discussing, hey, he's probably going to get traded because you know, Tom Thibodeau benched him. They haven't spoken to each other in quite some time. So it's when you hear that type of news and, and you think about the $8 million contract, another team could definitely use him and would trade for him, even though there were reports saying that no one would trade for him. That's just, that's just why that's like I said in the last episode, that's just GMs trying to negotiate through the, through the news. Don't believe that whatsoever that Kemba, as he's shown these last two games can still provide something for this team. Um, Will his knees hold up? That's another question. But you see that once he gets the opportunity and is the lead ball handler, he can feel comfortable and get things going. But getting back to what I said, you know, even though you had Tom Thibodeau and Kimball Walker not talking, Tibbs benched him for Alec Burks in the starting rotation. There, there is, there is some, there, there is something about these guys where you could say, Hey, are they going to be okay? Are they going to work together? Are they going to gel? Are they going to be able to put this stuff behind them? If they're true professionals, which Kemba has always been known as a true professional, and Tom Thibodeau as well, I think they could put their differences aside and look for the best of the team, which is just getting wins and making sure that they're competitive night in and night out. Because either way, the benefit is Tibbs, if the teams win, he keeps his job and he looks good. And say that for Kemba, if the team wins, he looks good, increases his trade value. He doesn't necessarily have to be here next season, but it will show the rest of the league that He's still a good player. So I don't see Kemba being traded at this point, especially since Derrick Rose will be out for eight weeks. Eight weeks takes us past February 10th, which is the last day of the uh, to make trades. That is the trade deadline date. And because of that, I can't see the Knicks giving up point guard depth when they don't have Derrick Rose anymore. And especially we want a veteran at point guard. I think some some fans out there are thinking, well, what about Deuce McBride? What about Emmanuel Quickly? Can't they get into starting rotation and make a difference for this team? Because we've seen Emmanuel Quickly go out there and, you know, put up a lot of shots. We've seen his improvement in playmaking. And Deuce McBride, we saw him quarterback the offense against the Houston Rockets. What I would tell fans is Emmanuel Quickly, yes, even though he has been consistent, probably the second most consistent player, maybe Obi Toppin could be put in that conversation as well. On this next team, you know what you're going to get out of Manuel quickly. You're going to get some good ball handling, uh, some playmaking. Now that he's slightly improved in it, it's improvement. Uh, not, he's not the greatest playmaker, but there's improvement. So you know you're going to get that on a constant basis. 
and he's going to put up his shots. Whether or not they find the bottom of the net, that's another story. But you know you're going to get consistent effort, especially on the defensive end as well, and the and just overall intensity. So you know that from quickly. But because of the shot making and not being consistent, and, and still him trying to figure out that balance, I don't see Tibbs wanting to wanting to put him in the starting rotation, especially since he works so well as a secondary ball handler and creator, which is why he paired so well with Derrick Rose. And now you could say, what about Deuce McBride? Deuce McBride showed a lot. You know, he'll pick up guys full court, full court press. He was quarterback in the offense. Like I said, he had nine dimes against Houston, right? Had a career high. I think it was 16 to 19 points, somewhere around there. I would say this. It's hard to rely on a rookie who isn't comfortable dribbling with both hands. Uh, you see, even when he uses both hands, he wants to stick with the right hand. He's going to take time to get uh, to get a little bit more comfortable. Sure, he could do a little uh, combo moves and, and put up a shot and, and knock it down too. He's got a he's got a really good jumper from mid and and from three. But once again, he's a rookie. Do you want to put that type of trust in a rookie point guard? And does and not necessarily do I because I don't mind. I wouldn't mind starting Deuce McBride, but does Tom Thibodeau is a better question. I don't see Tom Thibodeau doing that and. If he was going to do it, it would be Emmanuel quickly. I don't know if he wants to do that to Emmanuel quickly because as we've seen the last couple of weeks, once Kemba was benched, quickly was, was struggling to find his own shot. He was shooting 20% between, uh, field goals and three pointers, like high 20. I think it was like 28%. So why, why would you want to do that to him and have him struggle? The thing that worked best is when both Deuce McBride and Emmanuel quickly played together and you're not going to put, but put both of them in the starting rotation. You have both of them. In the, in the second unit. So let those guys cook. And because of that, you're going to allow Kemba Walker once again to be the starting guard of this team, which we've been looking for a starting guard. And since he's been playing so well, you just got to, tra- you got to rely on Kemba. So I don't see him getting traded. I see Kemba being the starting point guard for this team, but I do see, uh, Deuce McBride and Emmanuel quickly getting more time and Deuce getting some more opportunity because we do need another point guard off the bench. Him and quickly worked really well in Houston. Now, what does that say about Grimes, right? Because Grimes showed the 27 points against the Milwaukee Bucks. He came out and you know he's a uh, tenacious defender. He's ready to fight around screens. He's not the best, but he will fight around screens. Typical 3 and D guy. Offers you some limited playmaking, but he's a wing defender. And I could see him getting minutes, uh, you know, if he comes back before McBride, because we're going to need somebody else in that second unit. But once McBride comes back, I think McBride's going to leap over Quentin Grimes. And it stinks because I do like Quentin Grimes. I do like what I saw against the Milwaukee Bucks. But let's look at our wings and shooting guards that we have right now. As of right now, we have Evan Fournier, who is still healthy. RJ Barrett just returned off the safety protocols with Obi Toppin, by the way. So Obi Toppin is going to be back in this in this rotation. Doesn't mean RJ and Obi are going to be playing tonight. And I'm recording this on Thursday, December 23rd at 3.39 p.m., but they're coming back. So you look at Quentin Grimes. He has to, you have Evan Fournier, RJ Barrett. Then you also have Alec Burks. And then if you want quickly with Deuce McBride, that's another, those are four guards slash wings that you're using. So where does Grimes fit? Now, if one of those guys misses, sure, then he'll get his time again. But if you get all these young guys back, I could only see it being Deuce McBride and Emmanuel Quigley gain that rotation. I think Quentin Grimes is the odd man out in this, in this situation because we need playmakers. 
We need guys who are not only playmakers, but are also good shooters and shot creators. And quickly, and McBride have shown they can do that. And on the second unit where you can work against other lesser players, doesn't mean they suck. They're just lesser because the starting rotation is like your best guys. They're going to get the opportunity to go work and go do that. And it just makes sense. Unless Tibbs wants to go, unless Tibbs really wants to go quick at point and then Grimes at the two or three, uh, that, that's a whole other conversation and mind games that we could figure out later, but it's a lot to, it's a lot to think about. Cause if we look at it right now, and I know this is midway during the show, the, the update is that we have these guys on safety protocol. So before I get to the lineup, we have these guys who are, who are out right now. Yesterday it was declared that Nerlens Noel is out due to the health and safety protocols. We still also have Emmanuel quickly, Quentin Grimes, Deuce McBride, and Kevin Knox, who are also on health and safety protocol. So with those guys out here, you know, this is what we have coming back. We have Kemba Walker, we have Alec Burks, Evan Fournier, Julius Randle, and now Mitchell Robinson most likely getting slid up to the starting rotation. Second unit, because it depends if you want to put RJ back. This is not even saying RJ is going to go back into the starting rotation. I'm not even saying that he won't, but just if you want to ease him back in, that you got who's your set? You got RJ Barrett. Same thing with Obi Toppin. It's tough. I mean, we also did sign Daniel, Daniel House today as well. But that rotation, that's tough. So that's going to be those guys. And then once you get Quick back, once you get McBride back, starts, it just starts to fill up. And then you have Jericho Sims at the center or Taj. So it's just, there's just a lot of confusion going on right now with how it's going to play out and once everyone's healthy. But Derek Rose's injury does open up an opportunity for one of these guys, I think Grimes is the odd man out in this situation. But in other note, news and noteworthy notes for today, I did mention Daniel House signed a 10-day contract today. Other guys that have signed is Tyler Hall. That was on December 18th to a 10-day contract. On December 21st, the Knicks did sign Damian Dotson and Matt Mooney. So there are four guys on uh, that we signed to 10-day contracts all at various times just to add the death because of health and safety protocol. And this is using the uh, the emergency exempt rule that they have for this season. And I guess moving forward, because we never know when COVID is going to be fully done, but this is what it is right now. So it's interesting situation for the New York Knicks, uh, especially with Derek Rose's injury. But I, I don't want to keep going on a rant by myself. Got video producer Greg here with me. Greg, what are your, what are your thoughts about the situation right now, man? Yeah, like I think that, you know, in the last couple of episodes that you guys have been talking about, it feels like you, you know, some of the thoughts were a kind of a movement towards youth with getting Grimes in there, getting McBride in there and giving them some minutes. So I think with Derek Rose going down, I mean, we're looking at the end of December now. If it's eight weeks, he'll be back in March sometime. If there's no setbacks, if, you know, we know his history. So God willing, he's back in March. He's ready to go. Playoffs start in April. So, um, you know, for the next two months, you know, I think we're going to lean on the young guys a lot. I, there's been interesting talk like in Nick's world about Kemba Walker. And obviously with the benching, it got crazy. A lot of opinions out there from before the season, then in the beginning of the season and where we're at now, you know, I, like you said earlier, a lot watching him the last few games, it just feels like the offense is moving a little bit better flowing a little bit smoother. 
So I enjoy that. You know, I think the Knicks need, we need to be scoring more. We need to be, it needs to be a little bit more fluid. It's tough right now with all these people going in and out, like now losing Noel. That's just tough with not having a consistent, you know, people out there day in and day out. So all these guys kind of piecing it together. I'm nervous. We got a, we got a road schedule coming up where we start traveling after Christmas. Mm-hmm. Um, I really need, you know, we need quickly back. We need some of these guys toppings back, but I don't know how much, you know, playing time he's going to be getting right away. So, you know, I'm, I'm a little nervous about these up to this upcoming like two week stretch that we're facing because for some reason the Knicks games don't get delayed. I think it's, I still think it's crazy that all these teams are getting postponed, but we have half of our roster out now and, you know, we still have to fight through it. I know it's crazy. And I think the thing is that if you have less than eight of your, I think it's either seven or eight of your roster, then you can get a game canceled. Um, okay. And we haven't, we haven't been there yet, actually. And then okay. we get our, so we get RJ and Obi back. Like what's, if we go down the line, we've had our, we have our five, like Kembo, right? We have had Kemba, Fournier, Burks, Randall, uh, Noel. We've also had Mitch. You also had Wayne Selden, who was part of this roster as well. So it's seven guys right there and Taj. So that's eight guys that you Taj, yeah. have. And the, so you have all these guys. Um, that if I, I don't even remember if I included Wayne. Did I include Wayne Selden? Yeah, you did. I, I don't know I, if you included Jericho Sims. I don't know if he counts too. He's on a two-way. So I don't think they actually yeah, count okay. the two ways. But if they did, that's nine guys. So if you count nine guys, yeah. then they're, they're still eligible to play. And the Knicks are one of the few teams that actually use all of their roster spots. But you know, with the addition yeah. of Damian Dotson as well, um, a former Nick, it's interesting to see how we're going to move forward. Uh, but that's but that's why, getting back to what you're saying, that's why we haven't had a game canceled yet. If we lost more guys, yeah. like how the Nets and everybody else is, it's going to <laughs> it'd be a lot crazier. But I still think it's going to be crazy against the Washington Wizards for tonight. You know, they they're fully healthy. There's some KCP, and we're going in there with with this roster. It's gonna be rough, man. They're gonna be playing forty minutes. This is this is this is truly like dangerous territory because you're gonna be playing guys like heavy, 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 heavy minutes. They're gonna need a lot of rest. We need guards coming back. You heard Kemba Walker during the last post post game. He was like, "Guys, get healthy. <laughs> I need a break." Yeah, forty minutes. Yeah, man. forty minutes a lot. It's a lot of minutes. It is. A it's lot. crazy. Oh man, it's just. Tough, and yeah, man. what do you think? What do you think about this matchup tonight with Washington? Just because you know. Basketball, I haven't been in the full swing with, but I do remember Washington early in the season was starting out so hot. They're kind of falling back to, you know, 16 and 15 right now, sitting looking on the, I think they're the seventh seed in the East right now, maybe. So are, are, are you a little nervous about the, the Wizards just as a whole, like come playoff time, or are you just worried about them now because of our depleted roster? I'm worried about the now because of our depleted roster. I think the Wizards, I, I, I I did, I did. Coming to the season thinking that they're a good team. You know, the last 10 games, they're three and seven. They're, yeah. they, they are six right now. So they're technically out of the play in. Knicks are, are with the Hawks looking, looking to get into the play in. And it's not that much, man. We're, we're talking about Knicks are seven and a half games behind. If they win two games, you know, they're back to being up six. Uh, if they win, if they win three games, they're back. <laughs> they're, they solidify the sixth spot and they're close to, you know, arguing with, uh, the top five. Uh, but it's, I'm not, wor- I'm not, if it would, if we had a full, ro- full roster, I would only be worried about the Wizards because I don't know if this team would be, would have been gelling together yet, which this, the starting unit has been gelling well, which brings even more questions as 
John and I talked about, which is, does RJ Barrett get back in the starting lineup, which we both say yes. But if you're looking for some continuity and success, and now with Derrick Rose out, this kind of opens up Thibodeau's like capability to just play more with the rotations and say, hmm, what works? I don't need, necessarily need Alec Burks coming off the bench. I can do a full youth movement on the bench and keep Burks in the starting rotation and just say, hey, RJ, if you like playing with these guys, you get to play with these guys. But RJ would also need more minutes. You can't go from like playing the second most or even like the top five in the league last season to playing with a bench. That's it's people would be yeah, it's scratching their change. heads. It's a, it's a massive change. I don't know if he'd be cool with that. I doubt that that would happen, but we'll see moving forward. But I, I'm, I'm not worried about the Wizards. You know, they're, they're struggling team, but they are fully healthy and we're not. So that's the, that's the reason why I think they're actually probably going to win tonight versus us. And that's what John and I called, uh, you know, in the, in the previous episode. Yeah. Big games for us. These next two games, the wizards and the Hawks, just because we're right all kind of in the same spot. Like you said, they're 16 and 15 and then us and the Hawks both have 14 wins. So we're all kind of neck and neck. Uh, I want to hear your thoughts though, like later in the season when it comes, hopefully playoff time and we're, we're right there with everyone. When we're, if we're fully healthy, we don't make any changes. We don't make any trades at the deadline. Who's our five man? And like down, like late in the fourth quarter, try, you were talking about earlier, closing out the game. Is Derek Rose our point guard at that spot? And then who else is with him in that five man? In that later, in the later part of the season? Yeah. You know, like you, say you, we're in, say we're in a do or die game. We're trying to close out a game. We're up two. There's, you know, two minutes left. Who's that? Who are the, who are our five guys right now that are like, okay, I feel confident about closing out a game with these guys. So if everyone's healthy. Once everyone's healthy, everyone's back. We don't trade anyone. We still have oh Kembo. We still have all the guys That's we have rough, right now. Man. I'd have to go with Derrick Rose because he did it last season. Sorry to cut you off. I have to go with Derrick Rose yeah. first and foremost. Like I said, he's the most consistent guy that we've had. If you're going to ask been me there for before. Yeah, he's been there before. I'd go then Emmanuel quickly, another guy who I know you're going to get some good okay. defense out of and put him at the shooting guard. And I think him and D. Rose work very well together in tandem. So can't see him being left out. You got to go with Alec Burks too. Fourth quarter Burks is a legitimate thing. I like <laughs> having a guy who can ISO and just can create his own shot. He's a little, he's a little funky the way he plays, but I like someone with a little chaos that can throw everybody off and you don't really know what he's going to do. You have to leave Julius Randle out there because yep. big money man, it would just be looking really, really bad if we're benching him <laughs> in crunch time. Yeah. So uh, he's got to have to be out there. And then the, uh, choose either Mitch or Noel. If Mitch is having a strong night, Noel is having a strong night. One of those two guys are interchangeable, and that's who you'd probably want closing with that. But you actually brought up another point that I, I just want to get into, Greg. Um, what the list is in on is like, do, do any other trades get happen? Which I don't really think any other trades happen at this point, because as we're seeing throughout the entire NBA, COVID is just going rampant, man. It's just destroying yeah. every team. Like some teams haven't been hit by it, like the Wizards yet, but then some teams, like the New York Knicks, are getting hit really hard with it. Even the Brooklyn Nets are getting hit really hard with it. So with guys dropping, it's really hard to think of anyone being traded because you just want that depth. And the Knicks came in here with that thought process that we have a deep lineup and Tibbs needs to utilize the depth. So I don't see this team making any trades unless you're getting like a really good value in return for a guy that you know is going to be here for a long term. So. If you're saying, well, what about trading for Miles Turner? Is that still on the table? I think Miles Turner is still on the table. I think there's a, there's a way where the Knicks can pull that off. You trade Mitchell Robinson. Noel, most likely Mitchell Robinson. They're going to want somebody young who they can 
see promise in, and I don't see Rick Carl wanting Nerlens Noel back. So you could throw yep. Mitchell Robinson, you know, point guard at this point is not happening. I, I initially thought Kemba would have been thrown in that deal, but you can say Evan Fournier, maybe you throw in Kevin Knox if they want another young guy, if they're looking to do a rebuild, which has been reported uh, by Shams. So, and then you may throw in like a draft pick or so, maybe like that protected Charlotte first rounder that tonight, that's a, was it the 19th pick? And then you also have uh, maybe a second rounder in there as well. If you want to get Miles Turner, because according to, I think it was according to, I think it was according to, who was it? Uh, Kevin O'Connor of the ringer. He said that the GM of the Pacers values Turner a lot, which is why he hasn't been traded also. But if you're being realistic, Turner isn't worth like a massive haul. And I think that deal that I just mentioned isn't a crazy haul for Turner because you're also getting rid of some players who who are considered depreciating assets and like Kevin Knox because we don't know if Kevin Knox would get another shot again on this team. He hasn't been he's not going to get resigned, I think. Uh Mitchell Robinson, I think if they're concerned about his mentality, you're just trading center for center at that point. And then Evan Fournier is like, hey, we're doing you a favor. And to do this favor, I guess, <laughs> uh, we'll also throw in some picks that we're not really caring about because I don't see the Knicks drafting everybody, all these picks that we have. We have a lot of picks. So Yeah, we have a ton, and we already have a bunch of young guys too. So Yeah, that that as well. But and but if they're looking for like any other trade, like I could see that trade happening. Um I don't necessarily see Eric Gordon, nor would I really want Eric Gordon. That was reported by Mark Berman of the New York Post. Eh. I don't want to add a 3 and D guy who's aging where I would rather just just throw Quentin Grimes at that point. Just move somebody and bring somebody back that you don't want to use. Uh, that way you can throw the youth in there. Um, might as well get these guys get going while this season is starting to look lost as it is. Because, you know, some people have us out of the playoffs that we're not going to make the playoffs. I don't, as of right now, it looks bleak. I'm not going to say, hey, I still believe in this team that we're going to do anything. Like, there's nothing that this team has shown that we're confident. <laughs> I'm confident to say that they will make the playoffs. But anything can happen, man. You know, we traded for Derrick Rose last season. The next thing it was lightning in the bottom. We were the fourth seed uh, in the Eastern Conference. So I, I, I don't see this team. This team is out of it right now. They, it's, they're on the outside looking in because of the loss of Derrick Rose. But anything can happen. But I don't see a trade happening to get rid of depth uh, or anything of that nature. I think this team is going to stay pretty much status quo and then figure out this offseason. There's not going to be a lot of free agency movement this offseason. It's actually pretty bleak. So it's rough, man. No trades. Kemba's staying. Uh, that's what I think. Not, no, nothing crazy. Like, I don't even, like, if anyone's saying like a Dame Willard trade, I look at you crazy because that's a lot <laughs> yeah. of assets. It's a lot of assets. And then once again, we're going back to where's our depth. I don't, I don't want to see a roster fill. Like, do, do we really want, like, is Damian Lillard really that worth it to trade the house to have, uh, to watch rotations with Tyler Hall, Matt Mooney and Daniel House Jr.? No. Yeah. <laughs> right. Yeah. And right now it's crazy, but like, uh, you know, depth is a premium. People are, are killing to have some depth on their squad. So. We said that going into the season, we got we got a pretty good, you know, 10 guys or so. And it's coming. It's looking pretty good for us right now in a weird way because we're, we're losing guys left and right. But we still have, like you said, eight or nine guys that, you know, uh, we're rolling out there. So, you know, I think my final thoughts on this is, you know, Derek Rose, it hurts that he's out, you know, two months or two, you know, two months is a long time. And especially if there's no setbacks, you know, we can expect him back sometime in March. But 
we're getting a lot of young guys, valuable minutes right now. Hopefully it beefs up our second unit. And then, you know, I'm not so down on the Knicks right now. I think that we have a shot, you know, if not the plan, maybe a six seed or something like that. We get a playoff movement and hopefully our second unit gets real strong. You know, Derek Rose comes back to lead our first unit. I'm pretty happy about, you know, where we can be at the end of the season. You know, still a long season, still a lot of time left. Yeah, for sure. I, I, I'm not, not, like I said, I'm not completely out. It's a, it's a long road to get back in there. Like I'm not, I'm not going to sugarcoat it. And the thing about Derek Rose, man, like you say March, we don't like, hopefully there's no setback, but we also don't know, like, it's not even necessarily a setback. Will he, how long will it take for him to get ready? He's been through a lot of injuries and a lot of surgeries in his lifetime. So he, it may take him a little bit longer. He's, he, he, we say up there in age, like he's only like what, 33, 34, but he's, he's been through so much where we don't know how long the recovery process is. Nick's could also say, you know what? If we bring him back, it's, it's a lot of pressure to put on Tibbs to say what's going on. I think it's going to determine. If he comes back, we'll determine how close are we to like making some noise in the playoffs and how well is everyone else playing? Because if you have Kemba playing well, you know, I, if I'm Derek Rose, I'm like, let me just chill for another season, get some workouts in, get back healthy. You can move Kemba next off season. So that way you don't have this controversy because that's a lot. It's the last thing I'm thinking about, man, is like, all right, Rose is back. We want him in the starting rotation. We like our depth with the youth. Can be going back to being benched and it's past the trade deadline. That just sounds gross, man. Really sounds gross. And to even buy out the guy who's a Bronx native after having like this whole, he had fat Joe and Sarah. The Knicks are about yeah. also image too. It's not going to look pretty. It, it just would not look pretty. So I hope, you know, I, I'm hoping for Derrick Rose, one of my favorite players to ever watch play. I got the number four in the city edition jersey back there for a reason. I'm part of that Rose hive. Uh, I want him to come back healthy, but it's just going to bring up a lot of questions once everyone else is healthy, man. But as of right now, let's try to stay in the moment. Hopefully these Knicks can pull it together, pull themselves out. Uh, and that's, that's it, man. That's, that's all I got on this. Anything else that you want to add? No, a big couple games coming up, but you know, Atlanta's a little beat up. Washington hasn't been so hot lately. So hopefully we get a win or two before we get on this, you know, three or four game road trip that we have coming up to finish out the year. For sure, for sure. Well, then on that note, thank you everyone for tuning into this emergency episode, emergency Knicks episode of the Knicks, Jets, etc. podcast. Uh, thank you to video producer Greg for hopping on with me and getting this thing done. Uh, we're all we're, we're on break right now, but it's never a break with uh, around New York sports, as everyone knows. So thank you for all tuning in and listening to what we have to say. You know what to do. You know the call to action. If you listen to this on Apple 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 Podcasts or Spotify, please make sure to give us a five star rating. If you listen to us on Apple Podcasts, please make sure to leave a comment that helps us out oh so greatly. Also, if you don't listen to us on Spotify or Apple Podcasts, it's okay. We're on Amazon Alexa Stitcher. You name it, we are there. Also, we're on YouTube. Please make sure to subscribe to our YouTube channel. Also, when you watch these videos, hit the like button and make sure to hit that notification bell to know when an episode drops. Okay. Also, while you're there, we got Winning Picks Weekly. Video producer Greg and John, well, now just video producer Greg for the next couple couple of weeks, the next two weeks, is going to go down the NFL slate and give you his his picks, man. These guys have been doing a killer job, so just make sure to, to go check them out. And then, look, 
It helps us out if you tell a friend and tell that friend to tell a friend about this podcast, all right? The more subscribers and listeners helps us out oh so greatly. And we're just trying to build this community, okay? And then last but certainly not least, make sure to follow us on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, TikTok. All right, everyone. Thank you for tuning in for another Nick's episode of the Nick's Chess, Etc. podcast. Emergency episode. We'll catch you later next week for the Jets rapid reaction. And video producer Greg will be joining me this time. We'll get, we're going to get some Greg uh, in on some of this action. Let's go. You know, Heck yeah. Let's, let's go next. <laughs> <laughs>